Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are here with episode 114, a very, very special episode of the Chick Foley Show because we have some special guests. That's right, it's Invasion Week. We got Jeff and Celeste from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast on the line with us. Jeff and Celeste, say hello. Hi, how you guys doing? Hey, how's it going? Awesome. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a very long time. We're excited to finally have you guys on. I think we may be making a... uh, a little return appearance on you guys' show here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but before we go any further, let me introduce the stars of this show, uh, Sheena. Hello, everyone. And Marco, how's things going up in Massachusetts? Uh, just hashtag blessed over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did everybody think of the Royal Rumble? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. I thought, I mean, one of the best Rumbles that I've seen in, in a few years, for sure. What about you guys? Uh, over here, I thought it was great. Like you said, it was one of the best rumbles in years. Enjoyed it yeah. thoroughly. It yeah, was, it was a, a good one. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive uh, deep into it a little bit later on the show. But yeah, so we'll be covering um, the Royal Rumble review, everything that happened on the Wednesday Night Wars, and then a little bit of uh, the figure news from this week. Uh, Sheena, real quick, tell them where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find me at Chick Foley on Instagram. Marco is running the Twitter machine over at, at Chick Foley Show. And most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at ChickFoleyShow.com. Um, Seth and I just recorded a, an Unboxing Mania episode. We unboxed the Under- Undertaker Wrecking Cycle. Uh, pretty cool little uh, vehicle we have there. So, yeah, we unboxed that with along with a lot of other figures. We have some new family members this week. So I wanted to go ahead and shout out our, our guys, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon Keen, and Iman Cantos. Thank you guys so much for joining the fam. Hope you guys are enjoying uh, the group and everything so far. So, yeah, pass it back over to Seth. And then uh, Jeff Celeste, you guys want to plug the fully posable social media? Uh-oh, I don't have my notes in front of me. Oh, what am I going to oh, do? Oh, after five after, years, yeah, you can't do it? Yeah, <laughs> never missing a week, yeah. Let me let me see if I could do this. Uh, you guys, actually, you know what? I'm going to just make it simple. Just do a Google search for Fully Posable Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to do it. You guys will go, you guys will see the shirts. You guys will see where you can find our shows. Actually, they have our shows right on there. If you do a search on Google, it'll pop up with our latest episode. Just go ahead and just do a Google search. That's the yeah, easiest way we'll, to do it. And we'll post links to all of their um, all of their social medias and everything in our show notes for sure oh, all right so You're we welcome. know uh time is money and jeff and celeste are actually recording the newest episode of fully posable later on tonight so we will get right in to the wrestling discussion we'll move inside the squared circle remember folks this segment's brought to you by homage and uses the link in sheena's uh, ig page to help support the show and what we do here so let's start off by just giving the big warm welcome to our guests uh if anybody that's followed sheena on IG knows we've been huge, huge, huge fans of uh, the fully posable gang for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, we got into you guys really about, you know, what about maybe four or five months after they got started. Right. Um, I said before we, we, you know, we had our crazy fitness goal of running a thousand miles in 2016. Don't ever do that folks. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, not, not, not a good time. It was catching up on you guys. You know, I said before on you guys, um, anniversary episode a couple weeks back, you know, I said it was really a blessing that we, we had a nice back catalog built up, um, before we discovered it, because that really helped uh, helped kind of pass the miles by, you know, listening to that show. So um, let me just start off by asking you guys, like, you know, Jeff, how did you guys end up getting into wrestling? Uh, for those that, that haven't already heard the story on you guys show. Oh, man, let me go back to my wee years of uh, five years old. No, back in 85, Scott was hearing about this wrestling thing at in elementary school. 
And he just kept hearing about wrestling, wrestling. So he goes to Best. I don't know if any of the uh, listeners remember Best or had a Best in their area. I have like the vaguest memories as a kid of uh, of, of Best. You know, I was, I was born in 84. So it's still a lot of, the, you know, I was still in the retail heyday of the late 80s and early 90s. I, I vaguely remember like the Best stores, not Best Buy for those listeners that are you know, <laughs> thinking we're just, you know, call, it's not some cool Being slang. Cool. They, yeah, there was yeah. a store called Best. So I, yeah, I think I remember seeing those around. It was it was early targets, I guess you could be, you, I guess you could say. And at that time, it's competitor with service merchandise another department store that i don't know if a lot of people would remember but um scott goes to best sees a jimmy superfly snooka ljn and he looks at mom and he goes mom i want this uh this figure and mom goes you don't need another figure you have star wars you have he-man you have mask you have gi joe you have silverhawks you don't need another toy line so they get home from Best. Scott goes upstairs and he packs away his, I think it was Star Wars he packed away. And he brings the box down to put out in the garage. And he goes, Mom, I'm ready for wrestling figures. She's like, oh, God. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he was he was willing to sacrifice the Star Wars collection. That, the Star Wars collection. Awesome. Yep. The Star Wars collection went out into the garage. And so um, we were close to Christmas at that time. And so Scott was sitting there it's christmas eve our parents always have a christmas eve uh gathering each year except last year for obvious reasons and he gets this uh big rubber ljn figure and blonde hair yellow trunks i'm like what is that so me being the curious younger brother i go up to the figure and i pick it up and i was like this is dumb doesn't move doesn't have any articulation right so fast forward a couple days we Scott and I leave our toys downstairs and I'm eating a bowl of cereal and I'm watching channel two and all of a sudden cartoons go off and wrestling comes on. And who's the first person I see Hulk Hogan. Nice. Yeah. And I look at the TV, look back at the figure that Scott had left downstairs, look back at the TV and the LJNs were close to likeness. So I could tell that this was representing the guy that was on TV. So I'm like, oh, yeah. what is this? Like, why is this consuming my life right now? You know? Right. Yeah. And, and so all of a sudden there begins the fandom. That should just go to tell you like what kind of star power Hulk Hogan had. You know what I mean? You had no instant like charisma. Yeah. You had instant charisma. Like Seth said, yeah. You had no preconceived notions of what this was and it just instantly hooked you in. And that well, figure to this day, that's still like what I uh, like when I think wrestling figures, like instantly the first thing that pops in my head is that first LJN Hulk Hogan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's just such an iconic figure. When everybody thinks wrestling figures, they always think oh, yeah. of that Hulk Hogan. LJN, at least kids in our era. Like if you ask uh, some younger kids, they would probably point to Hasbro's as an iconic figure. But for us 80s kids, it was that Hulk Hogan LJN. Well, even like our parents and stuff, I think when they think of wrestling figures, they think of like, you know, big rubber figures, right? Like they, they think of those LJNs, um, which is, which is funny because they were buying them for, you know, all of us. Um, so Celeste, I have a question for you. Were you a fan before meeting the Toon Squad, a wrestling fan? I actually was. So nice. I, I got into wrestling in 1999. Um, I was just in college Huge football fan, and um, that's when Goldberg got into wrestling, actually. Nice. So, randomly, Goldberg is the one who got me into wrestling because I was like, wait a minute, this guy that played football for the Falcons is now going into wrestling? I got to watch this. 
That's yeah. Again, another person with like extreme, like not charisma per se, but definite star power. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's funny you guys mentioned those too. So again, you know, we, we talk about our son, Brett, a lot. He's three years old and he gets into wrestling, watching it with us. And two of the people he immediately identified is Hulk Hogan and Goldberg. Like yeah. Goldberg's for like, that was one of the first wrestlers he latched on to. He'll do the Goldberg chant if we got a Goldberg match on. Yeah. And then uh, you know, he calls Hulk Hogan, Hulky Hogan. Like, yeah, he knows Hulk Hogan. Like, anytime he sees Hulk Hogan, there's Hulk Hogan. So yeah, those two guys definitely uh, jump off the screen. I'm, I'm glad it was Goldberg, the football player that got her into wrestling and not Steve Mongo McMichael. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah! If she tells that story with Mongo, actually, that story would be cooler if it was Mongo. Yeah. Know, yeah. Mongo was a little bit more noteworthy as a uh, as a football player than uh, Goldberg, also. And then you also remember you had uh, Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania 11 too. Yeah, exactly. I, William Perry at WrestleMania too. So yeah, there's a long list. So, uh, was- Celeste, I got I got a question for you. Uh, how did uh, how did Jeff reveal his figure collection to you? Because it's something I thought about a lot. Obviously, you know, me and Sheena, we're, we're set for life. I'll never leave her. But I have thought like, you know, on the off chance something happened and we split ways and I <laughs> continue the wrestling figure collecting. How would I, you know, as, as a guy in his late 30s, how would I reveal this to, you know, my, my new lady or whatever? So, <laughs> so how, how did that go down when he realized that he had this huge wrestling figure collection? Uh, the first time I came over his house because it is everywhere. Nice. There's no hiding it. Yeah. No, there is absolutely no hiding it. <laughs> I'm always yeah. picturing like that scene in 40 year old virgin where they're oh, like, yeah. they have to get rid of all his toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the way to do it is just be upfront and honest. Just be like, Hey, look, this is what you're going to have to deal with. This is who want. I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's as Celeste said, there's no hiding it over here. <laughs> no. Yeah. You walk down the hallway, you see No, the, you walk into the front room. You walk into the front room. The front door you walk in and there's his big belt, the tag team belt with Brett and Jim. Brett and Jim. And then in the front room, all of his loose figures are just out and about. I mean, it's nice. everywhere. Yeah, see, it's a little bit not that we like try to hide or anything, but it's definitely a little bit more secretive for us like Downstairs, we got a really cool WrestleMania six painting that the extra cooler did for us. We got a painting uh, from like the pre-match before Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior tied up. That's really the only hint you have that we're wrestling fans. So people don't know that we have this secret room upstairs with, you know, hundreds of figures (laughs) and live event chairs and autographs and just everything under the sun. Like, so, uh, yeah, it's it's always pretty interesting to me how we, uh, you know, how how we show off this or how we reveal ourselves to people that aren't a part of this hobby. Yeah, I told Seth, we were talking about it earlier and I told him, you know, it would be like that meme. If you haven't seen that meme where the two girls are whispering and it's like, he said he brings home six figures a month. Yeah, (laughs) it's like then it says at the bottom it says him and he's got like a six action figures yeah (laughs) Yeah. so you guys what is your favorite live event that you guys have been to so we met you guys at uh access at wrestlemania 30 with 31 or 33 33 i'm I'm with you i cannot get it straight either i'm with you on this one i know we were cracking up because like jeff said it on the show about uh he's like we met in dallas uh, that, yeah, and I just kind of like laughed it off, and then me and Jeff were actually like texting a couple of days later, and he said it again, you know, like hope we see you guys in uh, Dallas sometime <laughs> again. And I was like, dude, we never saw us in Dallas the first time. <laughs> I was like, don't you remember the palm trees? We were just yes, no, okay, yes, yeah. And it's funny too because as Celeste started describing it, I was like, oh shit, it was Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. So, what is your favorite live event that you guys have actually been to? Ooh, that's a, you mean as together as a couple or just any live uh, event? You could do one together. Yeah, one dealer's together. choice. Yeah, yeah, dealer's choice, whatever, whatever okay. suits your fancy. 
One together, uh, you know what? All all in, out. All out. You wait, the first one or the, the first one? Okay, so all in. All in. Oh, you know there was something magical about all in. I mean, just oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just being there, you could just feel a different energy. I guess you can put, but it it was just something magical about being at all in. It was and, a history making event, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, it really was. And you know, we had been to New Japan shows where I marked out like a crazy person, but there was just something about all in. There was just a magic to it. And it's funny too because I say that and I've been to so many WrestleManias. I've been to 12, 2019. All anyways, goes down the list and it's just something about all in that was just it just had that magic. It was the beginning of something. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really cool. Have you guys been to any AEW shows since then? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, went to Double or Nothing in Vegas. We went to All In back in Chicago. Ba- all Out back in Chicago. Did you guys do? Um, did you guys all do Starcast alls. also uh, on those yes. when you guys did those events? How how would it, how does Starcast compare to to like WrestleCon or Access? Was it was it closer to like a WrestleCon experience or was it more like Access or somewhere in between? How how was Starcast? Because that's something. Now that we're back on the mainland, once shows start back up, that's something we definitely want to check out. Starcast compared to WrestleCon, the first Starcast was kind of a shit show, I guess you could say. Yes. But the second Starcast where it was for All Out was actually really well set up and very similar to WrestleCon. Um, Vegas was as well. Uh, that one for I can't double or enough. Yeah. Well, you went one day. I went, so Jeff couldn't go the first day. And so I went by myself with his figures and got all the. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did right? you have the, uh, wife the, of the year, or did you have the wagon? The year, that's what yeah. you guys use, right? Don't you guys? Then you guys bring a wagon. I don't to know. I remember you guys having no. a wagon. I remember <laughs> Celeste carrying. I remember Celeste carrying two big giant totes of two figures. giant bags of figures yeah. is usually said, what it was. So, yes, yeah, so said they Jeff, had a wagon, uh, and I was like, no, they didn't. No, we so did not have a wagon. Did he have specific instructions for like which color paint pen to use for each figure? and stuff or was he did he leave that to you to decide no i had specific instructions <laughs> that's what i figured no doubt I, I have no doubt that you had specific these guys instructions. were yeah jeff and scott were the innovators of the uh the paint pin she did she did have a wagon it was one of those old school flyer wagons Remember no those? i did not yeah, <laughs> the radio flyer <laughs> with a squeaky wheel uh, marco didn't you go to like the second uh episode of aw dynamite is do i got that right yeah, I think it was a th- either third, second or third. Yeah, the one in Boston. Did, did you uh, actually, did you know the same thing? Did uh, did the energy seem different from like the WWE shows you've been to? Yeah, I was gonna actually piggyback off of what they said. Yeah, it's something, it's something different about uh, maybe because it was like it was new, um, and it, it, yeah, the energy was totally different. The crowd was like insane for the amount of people that were there. It wasn't like uh, too packed, um, but yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was. Uh, we stayed till the. I think we did the dark match, or the we stayed through the AEW dark taping as well. And that nice. didn't get up until like almost like one in the morning. Wow. Um, that was when we seen the first ever, uh, it was Kenny Omega. It was like the uh, unsanctioned match or a blackout match between him and Joey Janela. It was a hardcore oh, yeah. match. Yeah. That was one of yeah. the first matches on AEW dark. It was just excellent. Yeah. That was uh, yeah, we, we, we actually got to see that live. So yeah, no, that just that atmosphere. And you get, I, I think that was like the second week of the inner circle too. Yeah. Um, and that's when he dropped the, it was a bad idea. Um, from Bad Creative, I believe, um, mm. uh, when they were doing the "We the People," it was, it was a bad idea from oh, Bad Creative. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. I was actually it took I was to remember what you were talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was. I wasn't in the stands. I was actually grabbing food or something, and uh, 
I heard him saying, I was like, no, I missed it. <laughs> so I ran back up. I was like, God damn it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was pretty, yeah. No, it's the, the energy at an AEW show is, yeah, I, it's hard to explain. It's just, it's a different atmosphere. Yeah, hopefully sometime this year they get back to, to touring. I'm jealous of the people that live down in the, the Jacksonville area because I actually mm-hmm. saw uh, one of the ads popped up on my social media. Today. You can get a, basically tickets for like a whole month worth of AEW shows for 75 bucks. Oh, and my gosh. Like yeah. yeah, it looks like they have a pretty good time there at uh, Daly's Place where they do the shows at. So, yeah, be nice. Hopefully we all get together at a, at a live event sometime soon. Um, so yeah, we know you guys are all about the, uh, the meet and greets, you know, you guys are definitely, uh, you know, WrestleCon slash access veterans of uh, who, what's like the overall best meet and greet experience you guys have had with a superstar or do you guys got a particular superstar that's your favorite to meet? Um, man, there's so many, like I've like, I'm, I'm thinking about CM Punk at Starcast. like yeah. somehow I got on the topic of talking to him about NHL 94 from Sega Genesis Oh yeah, classic game. I have that on my uh, Super Nintendo upstairs right now. Oh, it's fantastic! It's one of the greatest hockey games ever. But I don't know how I got to that topic <laughs> talking to CM Punk about it. Um, that was a fun one. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's just there's so many that they get kind of crunched together and trying to rack your brain. No, how about the one where you asked me which picture you were marking out in the lo- the least? Was that Who was, was that was that Sting? No, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about the one where um, uh, Celeste no sold Taker? That's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorite stories. Thank you, Sheena. Thank you. He exaggerates that story. It was not as bad as he was saying. Oh my gosh! Well, I've told my story, so why don't you go ahead and tell yours? Uh, So usually Jeff is the one that goes in and like (laughs) greets them first and like talks to them. So I'm usually just kind of like get out of the way and then I go in for the picture. And then I realized, oh, no, he's trying to shake my hand. So then I turned around and shook his hand. It wasn't as bad as he said it was. You just mi- you missed you missed what he was trying to do. You missed the gesture. I did. It was an, it was an innocent mistake. Totally. <laughs> well, she was adjusting the shirt. She was getting ready for the picture. That's she was not, brushing no, the hair. No. You, you got to put your hair behind your ears. Make sure you don't have anything in your teeth. I, I get that. I get it. I get it. I did not do any of that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh you guys got any bad experiences you've had with people? Um so Moxley, Dean Ambrose was one. Uh I tell this story as well. It was in Reno. Scott and I actually went there for a Comic Con. It was Charlotte and Dean Ambrose, Moxley, for the WWE people that were gonna be there. And so we get up to Moxley. And Scott and I kind of scoot in and he grabs both of our figures, signs D-A-D-A, and then pushes them off to the side. And he looks up at us like anything else. And Scott and I are like, thanks. And then that was it. What, uh, what time, when was this? That was 2015. Actually, it was November of 2015. Maybe he was just, you know, working the gimmick, you know, he was supposed to be the lunatic fringe, kind of aloof or whatever. That's kind of disappointing because I always thought, uh, you know, Dean Ambrose would be a pretty cool guy to meet. I don't know. You know, I heard I heard um, his interview with Renee recently on her her new podcast, and he just seems like he's just very um, not standoffish. Like he loves wrestling. He doesn't love all of the fanfare the celebrity that comes with wrestling and all the fanfare and all the appearances and all that. He's grateful for the fans. You know, he definitely made that clear. But he also just said, like, you know, he's just strictly in it for the love of wrestling. Like if he didn't make a dime, he would still do wrestling you know and he wrestled even when he wasn't famous and stuff so yeah i can see him kind of being a little bit like that can i tell one more story real quick 
Yeah, of course, course, man. Take it away as many as you want. You're our guest. This one is probably my favorite. And Celeste was right there with me on this one. So it was uh, San Jose. WrestleMania, as Scott calls it, play button, which is 31. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, Big Show was doing a free signing at Access. (laughs) Yeah, Celeste just knew which one I was going with now. (laughs) And so we're in line. And there's this family in front of us. It was a family of three, husband, wife, and daughter. And the daughter just had this really great personality. She was about, what, nine, ten years old? Uh, No, the first time we met her, she was seven. Oh, she was seven? Oh, Mm -hmm. man. Anyways, she's just making friends while we're waiting in line because those lines get long and tedious. Oh, yeah. So anyways. Especially at Access. Uh Yeah, she was going around making friends with everybody in line. It was she, She was just awesome. Anyways, we get up. The husband and wife go up. They get their picture with Big Show. They move to the side. The daughter wants her own picture with Big Show. So she goes up and she's talking Big Show's ear off. And Big Show is, I'm not going to say smitten, but he's just like, this is great. He's hes enjoying the conversation with her. So she leans in for the picture and Big Show puts her his hand on her hand. So we get up, Celeste and I do. We get up and I look at Big Show and I go, don't worry, man. You don't have to hold my hand. And, <laughs> and he looks at me dead. <laughs> he looks at me deadpan, straight face. And he goes, oh, don't worry. I wasn't going to. <laughs> and he says it in that monotone. And right? I'm like, Jeff just pissed him off. I, I did. Right? You got to get choke slammed off the stage at Access. Yep. yep. So. He so, just has an intimidating presence anyway. Yep. Oh, so. yeah. He's the same height as we are sitting down, you know? <laughs> so yeah. We lean in for the picture. And as we do, he puts his hand on top of mine. And if you ever see that picture, Big Show and I are dying laughing. And I'm just smiling to the side because and I have no idea that this is happening. So <laughs> he takes the figure, he signs the figure, and he looks up at Celeste and he goes, I held his hand. It was weird. It was really, really weird. And he's laughing the whole time. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that interaction with the Big Show made me the biggest Big Show fan. I went from like, oh, here we go, another Big Show match, to I can't wait to see a Big Show match. And it was all because of that one interaction. And that's all that's it took cool. for me. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. That's all it took for me. It's always cool when those when then you have those moments. And there's, there's sometimes like even not meet and greets, but I'll hear an interview with someone um, or like see a, you know, a feature on them on like the network or something, uh, or they'll do a podcast. And it really makes me more interested in who they are. Like somebody I would just have discounted, you know, not be not care about what they're doing, you know, in the business or whatever. And then I, I see that and it really kind of just hooks me in a little bit, getting that little personal connection. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. What were you guys? Uh, so, so access for those that don't know, like it's kind of a, uh, it's it's really kind of a hot mess as far as like doing like meet and greets at access. Like, like you're much call. better off going to WrestleCon to do any because at access, you know, you typically don't even know who's gonna, you know, who's always gonna be there, but you don't know what station they're gonna be, and they let mm-hmm. you in, and you just kind of like got to scramble the line. Did line. you guys it's ever like have lottery. any kind of strategy as to to which line you guys were gonna go to? Because sometimes you could miss. It's really easy to miss out on meeting somebody you want to meet at access if you're not careful. Have you guys ever played musical chairs? <laughs> yeah, yes. that's exactly what it's like. Right? Yes. So you're shuffling your feet very slowly to see who's going to be up on one stage. And then let's say it's a nobody. And then you're like, okay. And then you dart to the next one. And then you shuffle your seat, your feet to see who's going to be up in the next stage. And then if it's somebody, you're like bum rushing that line to hopefully get to meet them because they're only there for a two hour block. Yeah. And yes. they can swap out in the middle of it anytime. Uh, yep. Yes. yep. 
And that's the worst part. And it's so, it always made me feel really bad when um, like, you know, people would be in this huge line, you know, cause they let everybody into the line. So you're all in the line. And then if like Bo Dallas would come out and get on the you stage people or people just, just like dart, dart out of the line. I'm like, Oh, how do you think that makes him feel like everybody's just like bailing on the line? You know, we had, uh, we met Seth Rollins at access. So we had like the VIP tickets. So we had, we got in like, you know, whatever. I think it was maybe like five or 10 minutes before everybody else did, mm-hmm. which is cool. But the problem is they still don't show you who's going to be in what line. So we were literally like, just like trying to think like, okay, I think Bobby Roode was going to be there. That was like the one guy we wanted to meet. We're like, all right, let's look around the room. Where do we think Bobby Roode would go if he had his choice? You know? <laughs> yeah. I think it ended up being like, we ended up being like the Miz and Maurice's line and which I mean, they're cool, but we weren't trying to meet them. So yeah, I, I, if anybody out there is listening, once WrestleMania gets back to normal, hopefully by like next year, uh, go to WrestleCon to do your meet and greets because access yes. is it's uh, you know yeah. you rolling the dice every time unless you're getting those VIP tickets to meet a specific person. For yep, sure. it's a guaranteed autograph basically. Yeah, and you you spend your whole time in line. Yeah, that's the, the biggest thing. There's so crazy. much there's so much cool stuff to see at access, and then if you're just waiting and hoping to get like autographs and meet and greet experiences and stuff, like you're going to spend your whole like two or three hours or whatever blocks they send them in in, in line, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So yeah, we just go to look for all, at all the memorabilia. We'll get like one VIP ticket or something, and then you know if we have time, we'll meet somebody. But otherwise, we're just looking at all the all the cool stuff and to hit the shop. And the shop, the yeah, the WWE yeah. shop. I mean, when we went to Access at WrestleMania 33, like I don't know how much I dropped because we were we were in Hawaii at the time, which gets almost no figures. So we caught up on like four months of figures. It at was that insane. Access. Yeah, yeah, people were looking at us like we were crazy because of our, <laughs> our bags we walked around with. And of course, you know, you don't want to risk them selling out. So like literally, as soon as we got there, that's the first thing we did was go and buy so all we these had to figures. Carry it so. I was like pulling the Celeste job. <laughs> we were like carrying these like you know yeah, totes like, full Santa, of like, figures Santa everywhere. Santa Claus you know? carrying it was basically like a garbage bag full of uh, size. Uh, figure hall that we were packing around all night long but you got to do it do you guys have somebody on your most wanted list for meat and grease right now um let me see i i'm already met okada so that's good uh daniel bryan has been on my list how about you oh i met goldberg and sting i'm happy that is true nice. Oh, nice. sting was very cool yeah i met yeah. goldberg we met sting though sting was very very cool we had an awesome picture with sting how about you guys is there anybody on your bucket list I want to meet Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin. Steve that's Austin that's definitely sure. my my bucket list. I want. I mean, I don't even care and autograph. I mean, I definitely want a picture because picture didn't happen. But right. I, don't, I like. I, I'm just thinking like if I could meet any wrestler, like I would just love to kick back and like drink a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin and just like talk. You mm-hmm. know, you get your vest too. That'd be awesome to get signed. Oh yeah, the vest would be cool to get signed. Yeah, Ooh, I think yeah. So for me, uh, Steve Austin, and then I'd like to meet Roman and John Moxley just because I'm a huge Shield fan. Like the Shield was. You know, I've said it before. I was a I was a lapsed fan. I got out of wrestling for about ten years there, um, right around WrestleMania twenty time frame. And it was really um, when the network came out. I got it just to watch the old stuff, but I was catching little glimpses of the new stuff. And it was really the Shield uh, that kind of brought me back in. For whatever reason, I was really intrigued by those guys and mm-hmm. started slowly but surely getting back into the uh, the current product. And then you know, here we are, six years later, where I have my own wrestling podcast. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like. Uh, we met Seth at that WrestleMania 33 weekend where we met you guys. He was really cool. Um, but I'd love to meet Roman and and John Moxley someday. What about also. you, Marco? Who's on your uh, bucket list for for meet and greets? Uh, definitely Taker. I'd probably say he's one of them. Taker, yeah, he's yeah, he's on ours too. Yeah. Um, definitely Stone Cold Steve Austin. If and if The Rock ever decides to do any type of like meet and greets, I'd definitely like to meet him again. Um, I met him when like he was like Intercontinental Champion back in the day. Um, so. 
definitely like to you know see where that young upstart uh, is nowadays. You know, what he, what he, what he, he, must, been, he must have went on to the big time. I don't know. No. I don't know what happened to him. Somebody I would drop some serious, serious, serious coin on to meet if they ever did a meet and greet is Vince. If there was ever some scenario where oh, like yeah. yep. Vince was oh, a VIP yeah. at Access or something, like I don't know. I, I I feel like I would drop. You know, you know. I think I, you could get me to pay five hundred bucks for for a, a quick conversation and a picture with Vince McMahon, just because you know for all yeah. the for all the stuff people I mean, want to criticize him about now. I think he's really the reason that. We're all sitting here right now talking about wrestling, you know? 100%. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, if the territories were still going on, I mean, there's no way that we would all be doing this right now. There's no yeah. way. You know, he, he kind of he revolutionized everything. Absolutely. Um, and then before we get into the weekend wrestling and kind of just talk about some of our thoughts on the on the current product, um, you guys have been doing this a lot longer than we have. And again, we guys, you know, we refer to you guys as, you know, the, the Iron Man and, and, and the Iron Woman of, of wrestling podcasting because you guys have literally never missed a week. I don't know even, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think it's safe to classify all of us as still kind of like independent podcasters. I don't know of any of the, like the professional podcasts that have not missed a week in five years. So that's that's yeah, incredible commitment. So hats off to you guys for that. I just want to know what advice do you guys got for anybody that's got not necessarily, even if it's not just wrestling, if they got a hobby or something that they're really passionate about, they want to start a podcast on, what advice would you give to anyone starting up that? You know what? Uh, I kind of take from Kevin Smith, the director uh, who, yep. who produced Clerks. He, he did. Yep, exactly. He did a podcast and he said, sit down and just record onto your computer laptop. Find a topic and just talk about it. Make it interesting and stick with it because you're going to find a love for it. And that's basically kind of what I, that's kind of my Zen, I guess you could say, is I found a topic that I love. And luckily, Scott has been along for the five-year ride. Uh, Scheduling conflicts do arise, but we do work through them. And just, there's got to be some give and take on both sides. Unfortunately, a lot of the give is on my side. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. we, we won't tell wow, Scott. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the truth I'm, comes out. Fully I'm, posable, untold. Yeah. Jeff heals off on Scott. Scott's going to be diving through a barbershop window before the night's over. <laughs> yep. uh, but it's just, it's just commitment and just, you know, give and take and have a, a, a like Scott and I have the relationship of being brothers, you know, just kind of understanding each other and just keep enjoying what you're doing. You know, there are going to be frustrating times, but just keep doing what you're doing because it's, you love what you're doing. So right. that's basically what I, that's basically it for me. Yeah. That, that was the only part he had to work on. What I had to work on was finding out how, how do we record this? What software do we use? Um, how do we make the sound sound good? How do we get it on iTunes? How do we find? I know you were like the silent force behind the scenes for a long time. You know, I mean, obviously, I know now. It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, now I'm saying, but now everybody knows that she's like that. You know, the editor and stuff. But for a long time, you know, it wasn't clear. I mean, I didn't know that Celeste was back there doing all the piecing together and doing all the the show. Yeah, the backbone of the show. She's Vince McMahon. You know, Scott and Jeff are just you know the the tag team that's going out there working the match. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so while he was trying to figure out what to do, I was figuring out how to do it. So do your research, find the tools that work for you. Like we use Audacity for ours, but people use a bunch of different things. People use GarageBand. Find the thing that works for you. Figure out how to use it, how to make that sound, sound very professional, no matter what it is that you're using and go, go from there. All right. So there you have it folks straight from the fully posable crew. And with that, we'll move on to some, uh, 
some Royal Rumble review. All right, so the Royal Rumble is in the books. It was a great show. I think it was definitely one of the best Rumbles of the last four or five years. Um, mm-hmm. They kept it tight. You know, it was only a couple matches aside from the two Rumbles. I think that helped out a lot because some of the years past, it's, you've ended up having a 12-match show for the Rumble. And I think that kind of takes away from the the novelty of the event a little bit. Sheena won the prediction championship. Marco's still struggling uh, to, uh, <laughs> to to get it back. Yeah, Sheena's just freaking Nostradamus on these match calls now. Uh, but so so we'll let you go first, Marco. What was your overall match of the night? What did you think was the uh, the highlight of the Rumble? Well, I'm going to say this first. First and foremost, I was off by one. Just the uh, <laughs> just the, the the Charlotte match. You know, that was you it. know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna gloat. I'm gonna act like you just did nothing right. You know what yeah, I mean? I gonna, winning. Yeah. I, I predicted both Rumble matches. I said Edge was coming in first and winning. So you did. You should. absolutely did get Edge. I did so not. Sh- I, did I not should automatically get the title right. then. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That's um, pretty good, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so my favorite match of the night would probably be the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, I was I was actually watching one of my buddies, um, and we both agreed that it was like part of the like the best paced match on the show, in our mm-hmm. opinion, or in my opinion, anyway. There's a lot of action in it. Um, there wasn't any lull periods at all. There were there was there was a moment where there was like enough women in the ring to like go around essentially. Like there there was they didn't have any periods. There was just like two two women in the ring going at yeah, it. Yeah, they kept a just, lot of women in the ring. They at were all times. Uh, they were moving quick. You know, we yeah. weren't keeping a stopwatch, but I think they definitely uh, were k- kayfabe in the time on that. I don't think we were going ninety seconds on the on the. Oh, no. There was some that were no. like a minute for sure. Yeah. yeah, it was like I think one someone at one point came out like one after another. Um, I was like, didn't someone just come down to the ring? And then like, yeah. it was like, nah, I know you seven. I'm like, what the hell? Did they just, <laughs> what did they just speed up the time that I just, did I just lose track of time. But yeah, no, it's uh that match was definitely my favorite match of the night. We um, had some really cool moments. We had a, a brief Iconics reunion, which was, yes. you know, pull, pulled on my heartstrings a little bit. Cause you know, I love the Iconics and I'm really kind of bummed that they, that they broke them up, but we had the Billy Kay, you know, comedy segment where she was trying to find, you know, a new, new tag team to, to pair with and stuff. So, um, I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, Rhea just coming in and just cleaning mm-hmm. house. I, I knew yeah. the, the ring was getting a little bit too crowded. I was like, somebody's about to come in and just freaking clean this place out. And of course, you know, Rhea came in and then Charlotte came in shortly after. And it was just, you know, lights out after that. Jeff, again, I mentioned I was a laps fan. Can you explain Jillian Hall to me? Like, cause I was totally around <laughs> her <laughs> first run. Oh. I was just puzzled the whole time. Like first off, who oh. is this? And second off, why is she acting like this? So, so, so if I can just give you five minutes of silence, that's basically <laughs> Jillian Hall. Yeah. So you'd be, cor- you'd be correct. She's, yeah, <laughs> she's one of those memorable characters from the mid to late '80s that you're like, oh, okay, it's Jillian Hall. She comes out, sings annoyingly, which it's it's a character. You know, mm-hmm. she got a lot of heat from it, but I just not like her. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I put it. It's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did not. I did not get down with Billy and Jilly. No, I did. I like the Billy and Jilly connection that they had there. <laughs> I gotta say that Billy Kay skit was actually really funny, where she just sat there, just handing out eight by tens. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> happening was fantastic. Really it was really well done. I thought that was great. That, I think that's one of the biggest things that we've seen from the Billy Kay and uh, Peyton Roy split. Is you know we thought Peyton was like you know kind of like the the meat and potatoes of the group, but we kind of found out like Billy Kay gave that group life. 
You know, I mean, Peyton's awesome. She's an incredible in-ring talent. She's beautiful. Um, but yeah, Billy Kay is the one that brings that tag team to life. Oh yeah, sure. the uh, the Riot Squad. They're like my most hated wrestlers right now because they kicked Billy Kay out after, they, after <laughs> yeah. she lost in that match. I cannot believe they did her like that, man. That was yeah, he was he was legit hurt. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I hate the the Riot Squad. Just turned heel, you yeah, know, straight up. <laughs> Biggest heels in wrestling. Uh, Celeste, who were you rooting for to win the Rumble? Who who was your who was your favorite out of the uh, the thirty women? Um, I actually really want to Bianca Belair to win, and if not her, then um, Rhea Ripley. Same. Uh, did yeah. you guys happen to see the uh, the screenshot that was floating around this week of uh, with Bianca Belair with both we feet on the floor? We don't talk about that. It's are we still, are we all just agreeing and just pretend that that didn't happen? It was a she didn't shadow. touch. <laughs> she didn't touch. Did you see the video? There's an actual video of it. Yeah, that it, someone. It's a shadow. She didn't touch it all. Uh, yeah, she didn't I, touch I knew floor. she. So I could tell from the first time that she did that because she had a couple times where she was yes. hanging by the top rope. She was really playing with yes. fire because even I don't know if it's you know she's just you know taller than she thought or maybe she hadn't rehearsed it that much because I remember the first time I saw it I was like dude she is coming really really close we you kept know, talking about yeah, that like you know dude seeing, she's about uh, to she's she's really about to mess this thing up because yeah we're used yeah. to seeing guys like Shawn Michaels and, and Dolph Ziggler kind of do that spot here and they you know they always keep a good you know five six inches off the floor but I mean Bianca Belair was like basically toes like grazing the mat um mm-hmm. when she was over there so yeah it was uh I wasn't surprised to see people start floating the screenshots around at the end but or, or the That's- next day Wrestling fans have examined that video more than the JFK video. Yeah, oh yeah, it's like the Zapruder film. Yeah, yeah exactly, the Zapruder film. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, pretty good Rumble all around. What do you guys think of the men's Rumble? Gina, was, what was uh, what was your big takeaway? Oh man, I, I I really enjoyed the men's Rumble. It didn't have the pacing that the women's Rumble had. Um, but I, I was one. I was kind of upset that WWE went ahead and announced number one and number two. I thought that was kind yeah. of a bummer because that's one of the coolest things about the Rumble is like who's coming out first. You know what I mean? And they had already announced that it was going to be Edge and um, Randy Orton. So I thought that was kind of a a buzz kill, but on something positive, the edge and Christian reunion in the ring. I was like, this is a moment. Like where, where is, you know, Michael Cole saying like, this is a moment, you know, uh, when they hugged, I, I kind of got a little bit choked up about that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what was your favorite surprise entrance from this rumble? Uh, well, Carlito was probably the biggest surprise. Um, looked but, like a million bucks, didn't he? Yeah. I know he's ripped chiseled and jacked, but <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I agree with Shannon. I like having the surprise of who's one, who's two. Yeah. Uh, like I, I can't remember which year it was, but I remember Axe and Smash started the Royal Rumble one and two. So you hear Demolition's music come out, and I think it was Smash that came out first, and then you hear it again, and it's Axe, and you're like, "Oh my god!" You're like, you know? "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. yeah, I think that was uh, '89. We just did that on a watch along here a couple weeks yeah. back. Yeah, okay. I think they were really trying to drive home that you know it's friend versus friend and foe versus foe at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that, yeah, you're right though. Yeah. Number one and two is huge. That, that and being number 30, cause you know, in the women's rumble, yes. they spoiled that. Oh uh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Natty Natty. Was 30. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought for sure we would get some sort of swerve and it wasn't actually going to be Natty or Natty was going to get beat down before and somebody was going to enter in her place. But then they just let us have Natty and, you know, no, I mean, no offense because, you know, I love all things that have heart blood in them. But I mean, it was kind of like a wet fart for me. I was like, really? <laughs> like we, 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 got, we got Rhea, we got Bianca, we got Charlotte in the ring. I can't remember who else was who else was left, but it was like then Natty comes out and I was like, wah, wah. you just know she has no chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really want to see after seeing Edge and Christian, like it's cool that Edge won the Rumble, but I want to see Edge and Christian go back for the tag team belts. I think I'd be more excited for seeing them do another tag team run than uh, than Edge going after one of the one of the main event belts. 
because uh, yeah, supposedly Christian's back. Um, he's going to be back on the roster. It wasn't just a one-time thing. That's what uh, some of the dirt sheets were saying this week. Hmm. Yeah, so that could be kind of cool. Um, let's move on to the last man standing match. So, so Jeff, I know you guys are huge Kevin Owens fans. What do you have to say about the uh, the injustice that went down there at the end of the match when the <laughs> stopped counting? What injustice? Why did stop counting? Why? <laughs> so I think so. I was thinking about this. This is how much of a cycle I am about wrestling. As I was driving home from a long day at work today, I was thinking about it again. You know, because uh, you know, I don't know how often you guys listen to the show, but I'm kind of like the kayfabe expert. You know, that's I, I really live my life in kayfabe for the most part. I try not to be a smart. Mm-hmm. I think that the ref saw what was going on and realized that in the spirit of a last man standing match, even though Roman wasn't standing up, he was fully aware and ready to go. And the only reason that he was down is because he was handcuffed. And so the ref figured, you know, I can't have this guy lose the championship like this just because he got handcuffed. So I think the ref did the right thing. You know, I think Kevin Owens, (laughs) despite being the baby face, was trying to trying to cheat to win. And the ref wasn't standing for it. So I think the ref just made a good call. Oh, so how did he he get to seven, you know, before his conscience kicked in? Hey, better late than never. You know, he he made the right call. He made the right call. But yeah, that was horrible. You know, that kind of makes me feel better about the times where we have like technical snafus or, or stuff just doesn't go right on our po- little podcast here because WWE is a billion dollar company mm-hmm. and they literally had that. I think they had like a shoot handcuff. They you know? couldn't get a gimmicked handcuff. I yeah. was like, are you kidding me? Like they really got like, you know, they went down and got the security yeah. officers handcuff, you know, and then you know, Paul Heyman is like underneath <laughs> the scaffolding with this tiny little key. I mean, have you ever put a, a key in a handcuff when you can like see the hole and like twist it? It's still a pain in yeah. the butt. Shoot handcuffs. Like it is, it's very, it's the tiniest key ever you know it's not mm-hmm. easy to get those things undone and i think that's what they had because at first he was trying to do it on a roman's wrist and it, i think they were just like yeah this ain't working <laughs> you know go move to the <laughs> other side they still couldn't get that through it was just it was, it was one of those moments that i like to say like if you were um if you had like non-wrestling fans with you watching it you'd be embarrassed like trying to explain what was going on you know because it, it did kind of kill the moment when the ref gets to he was very loudly counting to five and then he just stopped. And yeah. all of a sudden it's like, you know, time just stopped. So I haven't gone back and watched it. I'd be interested to see if they edited that afterwards. And if like the version on the network right now has that cut off, but, but, but what do you think, Jeff? You know, I know you, you and Scott are two of the biggest Kevin Owens fans I know. So, so what was it like seeing that moment live? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I thought Roman was going to rip that, uh, uh, rip the uh, handcuffs off the uh, the chain. Scaffolding, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, I thought so too. Uh, you know, I honestly thought the Superman guy was going to Hulk up and just rip it off. But um, you know what? I was actually really impressed with the match. I I didn't know what to think was going to happen. Uh, you know, I was kind of like, okay, Kevin Owens, Roman, let's see how this goes. And it actually turned out really, uh, really good. So I was Kevin Owens is a beast, man. He is. He, he really, took, yeah, he's like the modern day the, Mick Foley. The swanton man. off the forklift, like oh my god, what Ep- the heck? Epic spot. Yeah. He had hard too. It didn't it didn't sound like there was any kind of like crash pattern. I don't think there. I don't think when you're like as meaty as Kevin Owens, there's no other way to hit <laughs> but hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> by the yeah. by the way, Seth. Uh, I give you kudos for actually analyzing that because <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of time when I drive and I get to thinking about random stuff. 
and that would yeah. be something that I would be thinking about as well. So I could, I give you kudos for overanalyzing that. Yeah, I know uh, Sheena and Marco, they both are, are smarks, man. They're always going it from that angle. I like, talk about the booking decisions and I was just trying to explain it away, you know, like, no, this is why it happened. They're like, you know, like, oh, they're going to let Roman win. I'm like, nobody lets Roman win. Roman just wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shows up and wins. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to the Rumble winner. So Celeste, you said you were rooting for Bianca. Obviously, she won. Uh, who do you want her to pick for her WrestleMania opponent? Do you want her to go uh, SmackDown with Sasha Banks or go with uh, Raw and go after Asuka? I think she'd do really well against Sasha Banks. I think that would be yeah. an, an yeah. excellent match. Yeah, that's kind of what we were thinking also. Uh, Marco, what, 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 what do you think for the, uh, the women's match at WrestleMania? Uh, man, I want to go opposite and go Asuka, mainly because I think she should probably take the title off of Asuka at some point. She really hasn't defended it at all. As much, and I think it would give some. It would give Oscar some light too. But I could see them going with with uh, with Sasha. I would like an Io Shirai match with uh, Bianca Belair as well. Be awesome. Insanity. Yeah, yeah. I, I still. I'm on record. I think Io Shirai is the best women's wrestler in the world right now. So yeah, that that would be. Crazy. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think the match would probably be better with Oscar. I think the storyline would. would be better with Sasha though. Yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. my thing with seeing her and Sasha in the ring, like I feel like Bianca is just so like big and strong. Like I would have a hard time believing that Sasha could even really beat her. You know, Sasha's pretty small. But I mean, she's mm-hmm. put on some hellacious fights with like Charlotte. You know, what I mean, Charlotte's like you know a brooding force uh, compared to compared to Sasha. But yeah, that that's kind of my thinking is that I think the the promos and the back and forth and the build is going to be a lot better and more exciting um, with Bianca and Sasha because they're both like quick-witted, you know, sharp tongues. I think we'll, we'll get some really cool, you know, moments and spots and promos and stuff like that. Whereas with Asuka, we know it's just going to be like a banger of a match. You know what I mean? Asuka don't really have to to speak. She just uh, she just does. So I think I, I would rather see uh, Sasha and uh, Bianca. All right. And then, uh, Marco, we know you picked both Rumble winners correctly. Who do you think Ed should go for? Should he go yeah. for... For Roman, Drew, or go for whoever the NXT champion is. You know, he gave us that little tease on Wednesday night. So who, who, who do you think Edge's pick for WrestleMania should be? Man, it has to be Roman. It has to be. That's the only. That's the only. That's the only choice. You have to, for me personally, the battle of the spears. That's that's what you're going. That's what I'm going for anyway. And what better way for Roman to put the end of Edge's career is just to hit him with that devastating spear and call it a one, two, three, and win? Because I don't. I mean, personally, I don't think Edge is winning. A title. He's not going on a title run. Yeah, Unless I have a hard time thinking otherwise. Beating, uh, beating Drew or Roman, you could always yeah. get some hijinks in with Roman, though. Maybe you could get Christian to help him out or or somebody. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's hard for me to see Edge uh, beating Roman. How about you, Jeff? Who do you, who do you want to see Edge go for? You know, it would be really interesting to see him go f- after Finn Balor because mm. I think yeah. that's one of those yeah. dream match scenarios that a lot of you know, wrestling fans kind of fantasy booked in their heads. Oh, if Edge ever came back, he could take on Finn Balor. You know, it's one of those fantasy booking matches. So now it's actually there, but I actually agree with Marco a whole lot. I think the battle of the Spears Roman edge is the best way to go. Um, It just makes for a better story in my opinion. Yeah, I agree too. I think, I think it would be a lot better, but I mean, he did, I thought kudos to edge because he did make it seem like he legitimately could potentially want the NXT title. He made the NXT title. He lifted it up a little bit and made it seem like it was important by even showing up there and cutting that promo and just saying, you know, this is something that I've never won. So, you know, I might want this depending on how this fight goes at takeover, you know, I might want to get in on this. So I thought that made, and it's going to make the takeover fight even more interesting. Cause like, 
honestly, he I, I can see he's not going to make his pick until after takeover, you know. Right. So we're going to have this strung along for for a little while. Yep. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah, it's going to be in- interesting to see how he goes because it's, it's there's really no clear direction. You know, he could go face for face versus face for Drew, or he could try to take down a try to take down Roman. Um, let's move on to the Wednesday night wars uh so we got a name for the upcoming takeover it's vengeance day uh it's you know it's going it's going on valentine's so they are um having a play on that and then they're bringing back vengeance you know which was a pay-per-view from 2001 to 2007 most famously it's where chris jericho became the first ever undisputed champion by beating the rock and steve austin on the same night it looks like it's gonna be a hell of a card so far Mm -hmm. um we got uh Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for the NXT title. Johnny Gargano versus Kushida for the North American title. And then EO against uh, Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm for the women's title. In addition to the two finals matches for the Dusty Cup. Uh, Marco, what, what are you most excited for so far from this card that's going to be going down next weekend? Definitely uh, Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. That's going to be um, it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be probably one. You thought uh, the uh, Kyle O'Reilly match was going to be brutal. Or it was brutal between him and Finn yeah. Balor. This one's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a lot worse. Um, a lot worse than jaws being broken. Probably arms and legs being broken yeah. between these two. But um, yeah, definitely uh, Finn, I mean, Finn Balor's going to come out on top, hopefully. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a real, not for the squeamish, I would say. It's going to be a real, uh, a real banger of a match. Uh, Jeff Celeste, what's you guys' Wednesday night routine for uh, NXT and AEW coming out at the same time? How, how do you guys take it in? Uh, usually it's AEW and then we follow up on NXT the following day. So, nice. or actually I should say the following weekend, because usually Scott and I record on Thursdays. So yeah. it's usually Friday, Saturday, we'll catch up on NXT to see what's going on just to make sure we're all caught up and everything. Yeah. Over here, we've kind of taken to just kind of catching the highlights on Mondays and Friday nights. Like if we don't get anything else going on. We'll sit down and watch it. But Wednesday nights really our main wrestling night, uh, so far, is that kind of how what you guys have been doing lately, or do you yeah. guys still watch Raw and SmackDown every every week? Every once in a while, we'll we'll watch Raw or SmackDown, but most of the time, we we like our Wednesday nights the best. Yeah, Same. they're definitely the best. I think I think NXT's head and shoulders above Raw and SmackDown. Even though SmackDown's been pretty good the last few months since Roman came back, but mm-hmm. NXT is still the best product WWE puts out. And then obviously, we love everything AEW. Yeah, doing the thing as well. about Raw and SmackDown is like there, it's nothing that you can't catch on the, like the the highlights or the clips or the YouTube videos that you know that you're gonna miss. You yeah. know what I mean, like yeah, you can, you, I, I can usually watch them just on keeping up with WWE's Twitter. They show yeah. you everything you need to see. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I get the Bleacher Report updates, and I'm like, oh, I know what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They also, uh, they've been teasing that Carry On Cross and uh, Santos Escobar might go down. It looks like that's definitely going to happen. Um, I haven't seen them. From what I've read, they get, these guys had some real bangers in, uh, in Lucha Underground when they were both there at the same time. So that could be another good show. So uh, it's definitely um, shaping up to be a hell of a card. Um, Sheena, is there any other Attitude Era pay-per-views you'd want to see NXT bring back uh, as a takeover event? I don't know. I'll throw it to Marco. Marco, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to rack my brain right now. Marco, what do you think? Hmm. Maybe an Ar- Armageddon. Bring that back. Like the, uh, yeah, Armageddon. Yeah, they, instead of TLC at the end of the year, bring back Armageddon because, you know, that's like the you know doomsday prophecy type of thing before the beginning of the new year. So that would be something pretty cool to bring back. I was always a uh, a sucker for Bad Blood. You know, it had the first mm. ever Hell in the Cell oh, match. So I, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing take over Bad Blood. And it's just, it's a simple... Uh, it's kind of like a simple theme for an event, you know. How about you, Jeff? You got any favorite Attitude Era pay per view? 
not one that comes off there to my top of my head, but I think they missed the boat with St. Valentine's Day Massacre with NXT. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why they brought that back. It's a pay-per-view on Valentine's. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Well, that was the uh, was that was the in your house where we had Steve Austin and Vince McMahon in the steel cage. Yep, and I think Big Show yep. made his debut that night, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he came from under the ring and he tossed Steve Austin through the cage. <laughs> yep. I don't think he remember he wasn't even Big Show. He was just Paul White. Paul White, yeah, exactly. But that I think that's a missed opportunity right there because I mean Valentine's Day on Sunday just makes sense. Why not bring that back just for like a one time only or until the next time Valentine's Day falls? Yeah, on yeah true. The uh, all the Attitude Era pay-per-views were so edgy. You know, you had Vengeance and Armageddon, Bad Blood. Yeah, Judgment Day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like they had like some hot topic employee Capital that picked carnage. out all the uh, <laughs> Capital Carnage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, and so then over on AEW, we had the huge development of seeing Kenta show up, and then uh, Uncle Ooh. Dave, Dave Meltzer, reported today that there's officially a working agreement between uh, New Japan and AEW. So this is it's really awesome. You know, you basically got NWA, New Japan, AEW, Impact, and even AAA to some extent all working together. It's basically like the Avengers have come together to take down Thanos, which is the WWE. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff, if you could book one match, uh, New Japan AEW mashup, what, what would you want to see at you know this year's uh, you know this year's double or nothing? All right, I've stunned Jeff into silence. Yeah, you know what? Stop talking. <laughs> my, my, initial, my initial thought is like I'm thinking Okada, but that's what I'm thinking. I want to yeah. see Okada in like. You know, no offense to to our Japanese listeners out there. Obviously, everything New Japan does is awesome. Wrestle Kingdom is always an awesome event, but I feel like it just kind of hits different if it's going down on American soil. I would love nothing more than to see Omega and Okada go at it in an AEW ring because I have no doubt that, you know, you could go and hand a match of the year before the bell even rings. You know, I think Mm -hmm. they would just tear it down. Um, and, And I think that's the big match everybody wants to see. Well, that's what I'm trying to think of is like, okay, I've seen Okada and Omega a few times. Is there anybody that Okada could wrestle in AEW that would, you know, be on that grander scale? So I can't think of anything, but I will say that Jay White uh, kind of pu- kind of stirred the pot a little bit with the Bullet Club talk the other day because I was yeah. watching, uh, I watch New Japan all the time. So he kind of stirred the pot and then I think Nick Jackson tweeted something at him. But anyways... If you think about it, you have Gorillas of Destiny and Jay White, part of the Bullet Club, taking yep. on Gallows and Anderson and Omega, mm. and, you know, also considering themselves Bullet Club. So you have kind of a Bullet Club faction going at it right there, you know, old old timers versus new timers or something like that. Yeah, there's just so many awesome, awesome uh, matches you could have. But yeah, I, I want to see Okada. You know, I still I love the match he had with Marty Skrull at uh, the first all in. You know, I, I, I love that match. Yeah, it was oh. excellent match, match of the night that night. Yeah. Um, and then you still got Kota Ibushi also. Kota Ibushi back and feud with Kenny. It could be a title versus title match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like for, for Kenny Omega. I mean, this this is just huge. I mean, this opens up so many possibilities. And it's funny because, you know, with Kenta coming back, I, I think I mentioned this on the show like a couple months ago. And I, it, it just seemed like kind of like something I was throwing out there. And with everything going on in the world and the pandemic and everything, I was like, ah, it's an impossibility. I can just see Mox really just kind of relinquishing the title and kind of just like, you know, giving it over or whatever. But then freaking Kenta shows up on AEW and it was just like, oh, hell. Like this is like a whole new box of possibilities abilities has opened so this is just insane to start like fantasy booking oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, Seth's not going to like this answer, but there's only one person that Okada no. would have to face no. at AEW. No. The face, <laughs> the face of a, the prettiest face of AEW, and that's Cody Rhodes. That's the only, that's the match. <laughs> Cody would you. We know Cody's executive vice president, so he yeah, sadly, the match. You know, he he's, in the, he, he's in the Triple H role. You know, we know that, uh, you know, if, if Okada came to WWE, his first match would probably be with Triple H. So yeah, sadly, yes. I think if I was putting money down on it, you know, I may put money on Cody being his first oh, yeah. opponent in AEW. And he'll win. Um, but yeah, he would definitely have to at least be in the ring at the time that he appears or yeah. debuts. You know what I mean? It could be like after after a match or something, but he's going to be the first interaction. Yep. with uh, with Okada or Kota Ibushi. And or then we'll get a figure based off his gear. We'll have a we'll have a chase with the uh, like the post match interview look or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely going down. But yeah, obviously it would be so excellent to see Okada, Kota Ibushi, and. Everybody else from New Japan over in the AEW ring. But dude, with this, with all their forces combined, like Captain Planet, when they come together, I mean, like this is a serious. Like, I don't want to say threat because I don't think anything's a threat. I think everybody, I think everybody, kind of, there's room for everybody at the table, right? But like, yeah. as far as viewership and stuff goes, you don't think like this could really like. No, Vince McMahon. In a time when people are, you know, WWE ratings on TV are at an all time low, and people are criticizing the creative more than ever, they just sold the WWE network rights just in the United States. This isn't even worldwide. Just for one country, they sold the WWE network to NBC for $1 billion. So I think Vince McMahon sees, I think he sees all these other promotions joining up and he just laughs at it. He's like, ha ha, that's, you know, that's neat. I I don't think, (laughs) yeah, I don't, honestly, like Triple H, I'm sure is watching it closely. I don't think these guys are even on Vince's radar. Mm. I just I, I don't think they're making a dent. You know, WWE is just bringing in so much cash. They had they just had their most profitable year ever, despite mm-hmm. you know being maybe one of their worst years as far as the actual product goes. Vince doesn't really pay attention to other products. Nope. Yeah. yeah. So no. I don't like you said. It's probably not even on his radar, but it's making waves though. I mean, when you got all these like you said, Avengers assembling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, you know, I think WWE is such a household name. That's what all like non-wrestling fans, when they hear wrestling, all they think is WWE. You know, AEW is going to have to keep this going for about 10 years, I think, to really be like a legit competitor to like the actual WWE. Because right now, yeah, they've been crushing NXT in the ratings, but it's a totally different ballgame. You know, when you look at just how much content the WWE is putting out, you know, mm-hmm. between Monday, Wednesday, Friday night, and all the stuff they're producing for the network that's not even on regular TV, so... Um, I love AEW. Don't get me wrong. I, I love AEW so much. We've been huge supporters of these guys from before they were on TV um, through getting their deal. And, you know, we'll continue watching them every single week. But from a business standpoint, I think they still have a, a very long way to go before they're a real threat to WWE, like Sheena said. Mm-hmm. All right. So that wraps up uh, this week inside the squared circle for the stuff we're going to discuss. Um at this point, we're gonna we're gonna part ways. We want to thank Jeff and Celeste again for coming on the show. Uh, again, we love you guys, huge supporters of you guys over here, and we're looking forward to coming on you guys' show um, later on uh, here in the next week or so. Um, so uh, again, one more time, you want to remind the guys uh, where where they can find you. I think what, what was it, Jeff? You said just Google fully posable. Yeah, just Google full, fully posable podcast. We're right there. Or on iTunes. Stitcher. Or you can find us on iTunes or any major podcast form. But it's just easy. And the Book of Faces. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good lord, that drives Celeste nuts. But <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. I actually kind of love it. We we appreciate you guys as well. We love you guys over here, and uh, we 
uh, we appreciate you guys even just coming up to us in which I thought was Dallas, but it actually is Orlando. 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 But we appreciate that. And um, until next time, we look forward to meet or meeting Brett and, uh, I know we'll we have will, all the we'll have the whole we'll have the whole crew at the wrestling fan we'll have you know everybody on the backpack well, we will have a wagon <laughs> we'll have our whole, our whole so, posse in the wagon so can we count you guys in for Dallas oh maybe maybe a strong, maybe with a capital M <laughs> well I, I, is the is the barometer leaning more towards yes. I think it is just because we'd always said that our next WrestleMania was going to be when they did one in the Falcons new stadium in Atlanta, just cause that'd be, we know Atlanta, we, you know, we're big Falcons fans and we used to go to a ton of games down there. And plus that's an easy trip for us from, uh, from Virginia, but I don't know, for whatever reason, it seems like WWE is hesitant to go back there. So yeah, maybe, maybe we'll go Dallas. Dallas is a little bit more appealing than LA to me. Cause yeah. West coast is a long trip, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a, uh, I'd say it's a strong possibility. We'll put it there right now, and we'll definitely be in touch because we definitely have to get a a combined meetup going. Um, oh yeah, oh, oh, maybe, yeah. We get a, maybe we can get a live pod going somewhere or something. So, Marco, are we seeing you in Dallas as well? Of course, I think I, I'm, I'm the one that actually brought it up to them. I was like, uh, "You guys going to Dallas next year?" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'm going. I think we're yeah, all. Marco's been Marco's been working on us behind the scenes. I'm itching because yeah, it'll be five years since we've been to WrestleMania. At that point, the last one we went to was in Orlando at 33. So, so we're definitely ready for another media. So yeah, maybe it'll happen. You guys keep keep bugging us about it. <laughs> we will well, WrestleMania 33, where we met you guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still got to meet. Uh, we still got to meet Scott. We never met scott because he sat that one out yeah i, I want to i want to meet scott and more importantly i want to meet squat <laughs> oh no okay <laughs> oh my God. that is the happiest drunk you can ask he's, koto abushi he's so fun <laughs> koto abushi knows all about squat so yeah you can definitely meet that, Scott. all right guys uh support fully posable and, and uh we'll definitely uh you know ju- There'll be a link to their podcast in the show notes. And for the few of you guys that haven't found their podcast yet, we'll put a link to all their platforms in the show notes this week and then look for us on their show here in a couple weeks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, All right. It is time for Go Figure. This is our segment every week where we talk about the latest in wrestling figure news, our latest purchases, and everything that is happening in the world of wrestling collectibles. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one retailer of wrestling figures worldwide. Remember, use code Chick Foley on all your orders there to save 10%. And now, Marco, take us away with figure news. Oh, boy. We had some, uh, we had some more reveals from, our, from friend of the show. Jeremy Padauer, he uh, he hit us up with some AEW Unrivaled Series Five uh, digital sculpts. Um, so we had a uh, Jungle Boy is a part of that series. Yes, uh, Frankie Gazarian, Scorpio Sky, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus, yes. uh, John Moxley, and uh, Hangman. A new Hangman. Page. Yeah. So um, the other cool thing too is uh, Hangman and Mox are the rare and chase. So Mox is a chase mm. figure, uh, but he actually. If you, did you guys see this? He has the eye patch for when he lost his so eye. The, the eye so for the an chase eye. is going to have the eye patch. Yeah, he has the eye patch. Oh god, I'm going to need that chase. Yeah, okay. and then uh, the, uh, the I couldn't really tell the difference the of the version of Hangman. He comes with a a pitcher and a, yes. like an eyeball glass. That's so what's what it was. The, yeah. What's the chase Hangman coming with? Do the we know chase, yet, Marco? 
It didn't. It didn't come with anything. That was it. It did. They kind of looked similar. Probably I have to look at the ring gear. Okay. Yeah, probably the ring gear is different. But the uh, the mocks stuck out to me the most with the with the uh, eye patch because he reminded me of a lot of people. Um, if you if you follow like any uh, graphic designers and stuff like that, they kind of render her render him with um, uh, Solid Snake from the Metal Gear. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. franchise because he kind of looked like that. Metal Gear Solid fan. Yeah. So if they ever do a movie, I I, I mean they should definitely consider. John Moxley is uh, solid snake, but uh, yeah, that figure looks pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, hopefully but, that's one of the. Uh, this has got the numbers on those. Yep, one, one of a of thousand. 1, yep. All right, well, I'm gonna need that one with Darby Allen, and then the Hangman's gonna be one of five hundred. Hopefully, the Hangman's not too crazy. That's that's literally my two favorite wrestlers, along with the Bucks, is Mox and Hangman. So the fact that they're getting chases, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to jump on those. The for the folks that couldn't tell. Um, because it was kind of difficult to tell from those grayscale renderings. The uh, hangman is in his long tights, so it's a oh, nice. hangman. Yeah, they uh, Magic Cuomo's the uh, the designer. He came on and said that it is hangman in his tights. He said it just it was hard to see it from the uh, the grayscale rendering. His legs so, are so buff. Yeah, I think I'm actually naked. as yeah. cool as Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are going to be. I think I'm more excited for for hangman than anything, just because I, I love that dude and his long tights look really added a lot from the uh, the regular trunks. No man, I am so hyped for this Luchasaurus. Oh, that's yeah. that's what I want the most. I'm like, I mean, I love Jungle Boy. I love the whole, I love Jurassic Express, but yeah. This Luchasaurus figure is going to be so yeah. insane. It's going to be awesome set. I already told Sheena, if I happen to be at work, I said, order the whole set. Don't think twice. We need every oh, yeah. single one of these figures. Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of I'm obviously excited for the Luchasaurus. Uh, definitely Scorpio Sky, too, as well, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he had a figure before, but this is his first ever figure. So um, he's been one of like the uh, like the unsung heroes of AEW, I think. Oh, yeah. As far I remember as I, I was hyped when he got that championship match against Chris Jericho. Yeah, it was, it was a... Uh, Really awesome match as well too. So uh, we'll get some. Uh, it looks like we're gonna get tag titles too, because um, it looks like in the the little profile pictures um, they have the AEW tag team titles. So it looks like we're, we might be getting those. Nice. Inside, yeah, we so. have the. Uh, I got a set of the AEW tag belts from uh, WWE figure artist on Instagram. Yes. So uh, I'll be interested to see if uh, Jazzwares can top what he put together because he, he put together some really nice belts for us. Yeah, definitely, and. Um, yeah, I mean that's that was pretty much it. It was pretty Luchasaurus light. Luchasaurus even has like his like uh, barefoot sculpt. You know what I mean? Like his uh, five finger shoe sculpt. Yeah. The the other cool thing is we we get to uh, scale it with the with the uh, Mad Reaper. His uh his version of the of Mad Luchasaurus. Reaper set the bar high with the the Lucha Express or the Jurassic Express that he put together. Yeah. Yeah, even I mean, Marco Stunt, you know, are we? I feel I feel like Mar- Marco Stunt needs to hurry up and, and be in one of the next few series because you can't oh, have 100%. Jungle Boy and Source without Marco. You got to have Marco, dude. Yeah, Always got to have Marco. Everyone, yeah. need, everyone needs a Marco. Of course, yeah. I mean, we get the job done. I mean, maybe the littlest guys, but well, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we bring the fight now. That's um, right. But yeah, they. I, I think they're gonna do like how they kind of do with the with the new day. They like split them up for some reason. They always put like Kofi. In one series, and then the next series is is uh, yeah. Big E and Xavier. So you'll probably see, hopefully, Marco's son the uh, in series six, or yeah, maybe I think m- it keeps. Uh, I think that keeps people going back to the pegs longer. You know, what I mean, because if you do, you know, if you're only a Jurassic I think it's, Express, yeah, fan, exactly. Yeah. I think it's probably a small, you know, segment. But if there is somebody that literally just wants to get the Jurassic Express, now they got to go to the the shelf two different times, see other figures from the set. Which these AEW figures look so spectacular um, that I think it'd be hard passing them up if you saw them in person. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was pretty much it for like actual like like news news. But I actually added a new segment to the show um, because friend of the show uh, Jeremy Jeremy Padaro always 
he always drops some gems on us. Like after he uh, uh, released these uh, uh, pictures of all the of the series five, he he also dropped some gems along the way with like you know different like processes and stuff and how long it takes to develop action figures and things like that. So um, if he keeps on doing this, we have a new segment called "From the Desk of Jeremy Padauer and we're gonna we're gonna run like through it. this. Um, I'll have to. Um... I'll get on the sound. I, you know, it was a little bit late in the game when you dropped this on us this week, but for next week, I'll make sure we get the old school, um, like typewriter, typewriter. sound effect oh, going so and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> going when we bring this in, and we could even uh, we could get on action figure attacks thread on the wrestling figures forms too, so we can have these guys going back to back every week. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so uh, he, um, so this is one I actually like too. Like this one gives like a little behind the scenes on uh, like the like developing like the figures. So uh, he says, uh, the timeline of developing a line of action figures is approximately nine, nine months from concept to shelf. That includes all approvals. If you ever wondered why it takes time to address things from avails to factory changes to talent and roster, uh, newbies and champions. So, like, just so you know, it, it does take nine months. So, like, if you're we're watching wrestling in real time, so we see all these different, you know, gear changes and all these different things and we're like, oh, we, they need to come out with this. They need to come out with that. But you're probably not going to see it, like like you said, nine months from now or almost a year. Um, well, you know, surprisingly, I, that's, that's a lot sooner. I know it seems like a long time, yeah. but that's quicker than I even thought that it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? Did, you? did you feel like, I mean, I feel like nine months is pretty quick. If you see something and you're like, oh, I'm going to make this. And then literally getting the scan, getting the paint together, getting everything put together, the packaging, all of that in nine months. Especially I mean, for like the, uh, like the fiend, you know, somebody like the fiend, they yeah. had him out in less than a year. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think like something like the fiend was probably like, a lot of those are probably like in development, like way ahead of time too. Cause then like the sculpts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and he, he didn't obviously he didn't change much with the, with the gear and the way he looked and stuff like that. But I mean, it, 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 it is kind of shocking that it is nine months, but at the same time, I mean, it, it, that nine months is a long time. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a full length of a birth. So if you think of it that way, <laughs> from the beginning stages, from the embryo all the way up to it being a baby, it's nine months. So you can go by, by that if you want to equate it yeah. that way. Um, but yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's probably just, he, he's been, he's been in the game long enough where he, it probably does take him nine months or maybe even less to do that. Cause you know, he's been around long enough to, you know, um, in the figure game where he can do stuff like that, or he has his processes down to a, a, a right. T where he can pump these out at a fast rate. Cause if you think of it, they, these AEW series are like, they're coming out like one after another. Yeah, um, true. So, I mean, they all look great. A lot quicker than super seven. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, mean they, I was going to discover <laughs> my email uh, the other day, and yeah, I saw November 2019 is when I ordered um, the, uh, New Japan. the New Japan Series 1. So, Jesus yeah. Christ, I don't know when we're going to see those figures. Yeah, I mean... Maybe they'll be quicker now that they're pairing with AEW. Maybe it'll maybe. be... Maybe uh, they'll, they'll probably go uh, back to retool and put some AEW branding or something on the oh, No, please, no. There'll be another, like, year. <sighs> um, <laughs> but um, continuing... Uh, he, uh, he, he spoke about the uh, AEW Unrivaled and Unmatched series. Um, he basically said it will give us the opportunity to dive deeper into the roster. And I think we uh, we spoke about that before. So the key is balancing main event talent, mid-card talent, and up-and-coming talent. 
So two assortments will help tremendously. So I like the fact that they're doing um, up, up, upcoming talent. So you get to see like some of the AEW dark um, guys and gals out there on the, on the pegs, which is pretty cool, which you normally wouldn't see until, you know, they hit the main roster and they have a figure. Now they're going to figure when they're, you know, just starting out, which is pretty awesome in my book anyway. But yeah, think of that. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I'm all about getting the most obscure characters possible. You know, that's what I always loved about the Jacks classic superstars. Um, you know, I think they had like Abe Knuckleball Schwartz even got a figure in that line. So <laughs> give me all the guys off dark. I, I need to see a powerhouse Hobbs figure. You know what I mean? Where, where is that at? Or any of the guys from Team Taz? Yeah. Um, yeah. No more Cody's. No, he's he's definitely going to be in every other series. He's gonna he wasn't in this one. He's going to be the next one. Um, hopefully, God willing. Um, but uh, um, I would like to see actually the Chaos Project too at some point in the line. Yeah. I think they look pretty cool as uh as figures. I'm waiting for that to happen. So maybe it'll be in the uh, Unrivaled or the the Unmatched, or maybe actually the Unmatched series. So yeah, the Unmatched series seems like a better fit for them. I want to see uh, Brian Pillman Jr. get a figure too. I've been a fan of his for a while, and obviously we're huge fans of, of the OG Brian Pillman. Yeah, the Varsity Blondes. Maybe they'll be they'll they'll definitely. Joey uh, Janela. Yeah, they'll be. You know, Joey Janela, he's definitely Abaddon. doing one. Abaddon, 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 awesome Abaddon is definitely needs a figure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of you know her character or whatnot, but uh, um, uh, yeah, she's very toyetic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, Britt Baker, we have to say that because you know she's been campaigning long enough uh, to get a figure. So hopefully, at, at some point, she gets <laughs> she gets one. Uh, uh, hopefully, in, in but, the uh, the Michael Jordan gear. Oh, that'd be pretty. That'd be sick. We need FTR also. Who oh, FTR? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is, this is, that's why I think that's why I think these like these two different lines are pretty awesome. They're going to be in the same you know vein as the uh, Unrivaled series, so it's not going to be it's it's giving everyone a, a chance to have a figure out there. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, speaking of women, um, so we did say we will absolutely celebrate the incredible roster of women in AEW. It's been a miss. No excuses. With unmatched and unrivaled. Brandy's literally the only one woman, right? No, Rio. Oh, no, Rio. Rio. Yeah, Rio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean that he he does recognize it's been a mess as far as as figures go. So hopefully we'll see. A, we might see. He might even do a whole line, like a whole series, might be all women, which would be pretty awesome. Um, Jeremy's pretty that. out there. It could, yeah, it could I, be I called the it could be called the um, the heels line. Yeah, they could do. Yeah, no, definitely. That's actually a pretty good idea. You don't even know about AEW Heels. You weren't even here for that. Is that still a thing? Can you still subscribe to AEW Heels? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, they still do like virtual events and stuff like that. Yeah, so get your man parts out of here. So are you a member, Marco? Did you make a uh, a burner account to join uh, AEW Heels? I was going to, but I I didn't. That was uh, when I was going to make my burner account for the... uh, Tammy Sitch OnlyFans as well. That we were, uh, <laughs> we were <talking>. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that was a throwback. That's a throwback. Yeah, that's, been, that's been in the works for years. Sunny side up. Yeah. All right. Uh. You guys know what time it is. The weekly beverage break. Sheena, we sipping on this week. So. I have to go back and eat my words because after I took a shit on the um, the 
hard kombucha the other day. I went back and revisited it because I had the rest of a, you know, of a six pack. And I'm actually quite enjoying this blood, uh, this blood orange and mint kombucha. The, the few times I've had it since then. So, you know, my, my gut's happy. My buzz is happy. Feeling good. It's a, uh, oh, it's sorry. It's June shine. For those of you who don't know, June shine, hard kombucha, blood orange and mint. Marco, what are you drinking this week? I am, uh, sipping on some, since, since it was a, a like kind of like a special night Dessert? since we had some guests. Oh no, I mean, no, definitely not that. I, <laughs> no, that scares me, sipping on scissor. Um, <laughs> but I'm sipping on that, uh, some broken skull. Some broken oh, skull. Oh, bastard. What? Bastard. <laughs> oh my God. We went, to, we went to Whole Foods. Yeah, we went to Whole Foods the other day just looking for it. Cause we, that's where we found it. Like we didn't even know we had it in our area and it just popped up at a Whole Foods. And then we went back thinking it would still be there. You know, we could get it. And sure enough, there wasn't even a label for it anymore. I was like, Damn. son of a, yeah. Sells. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in the standard Miller Lite over here. So Miller Lite, if you're listening, we're waiting. Hit us up. All right. We also had a giveaway uh, this past week. We gave away a Elite 84 Roman Reigns. All you had to do was show... The Tribal Chief. Yep. All you had to do was show proof of purchase that you uh, bought some stuff from Ringside and used the Chick Foley code. And uh, without further ado, Sheena will announce the winner. The winner is Eric Can, or maybe E-Rock, E-R-O-C. On so Facebook, can... he goes by E-Rock's K, capital K, and then Can. Like E-Rock's Can. K-Can. So All Man right. of Mystery. I'm not sure if this is his real name or not. Uh, if it is, it's a pretty cool last name. But yeah, E-Rock's K-Can. Uh, keep an eye on your uh, your DMs. He's also a, uh, he's a premium Foley fan yep, member. he's a member of our Foley fam. Yeah, uh, keep an eye on the DMs, and we will get that Ro- uh, Wreck-It Roman, a.k.a. Thunderdome Rome, uh, to you here shortly. Uh, Marco, what were your weekly purchases this week? I actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty dry this week. I didn't get anything at all. Nothing? Uh, yeah, nothing. No, it's, it's been pretty slow. I've been, um, it's dry February. Listen, yeah. a week yeah. without figures is no way to live, man. Are no, you no, okay? no, it isn't. No, I agree. Marco's joining into my minimalist challenge. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> my, wife, my wife's actually uh, inspired by that, so she wants to go through and... Nothing fig related though. Figures don't count, Marco. Figures don't count. That's not right, a you part got, of the you minimalist. Got, you got to get your weight up. We, I don't want another week of you getting uh, no figures. Yeah, no. It was. Uh, it was. It was pretty. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't really pursue anything this week, uh, like I did in the previous week. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting, kind of waiting for just stuff to come in that I've ordered that okay. that's been sitting somewhere and God knows where. Yeah, um, right now. So. I know that feeling. <laughs> we didn't have a suit. Uh, I think this week we were we're going quality over quantity. Um, <laughs> our fan takeover elites came in. We ordered the Shayna Baszler with the updated NXT Women's Championship, Seth nice. Rollins, and Adam Cole. Pretty cool figures. Uh, got those off Amazon. Um, it was a pain in the ass finding the actual listing to buy them, but they came in no problem. Um, even though I told you guys I think you're wrong and that we are going to get the same old. Um, packaging for them i actually hope that i'm wrong on this one because that blue and gold or like blue and yellow packaging is really kind of highlight of them it really pops it looks really good as opposed to the white and red that we've gotten mm-hmm. from not just mm-hmm. the uh not just the ultimate editions but also the main line over the last year so if we can get the same ultimate edition packaging but in like a blue and gold color scheme i think that would be really really cool yeah um seth's probably my favorite figure out of the set it's the seth from wrestlemania 35 when he beat brock lesnar 
Um, so very happy to have that one. Uh, but pretty cool set. The Steamboat, we're actually passing on that one just because we got the Steamboat from the flashback line uh, from the Harley race set. And as far as I can tell, those two figures are identical. There may be some very minor changes, but um, we're not, we're not going to be grabbing the Steamboat. We also got a few retros from uh, our friend Matt Carlos. Uh, he sent us a sweet care package and had uh the retro roman reigns daniel bryan and randy orton in there so i'm, I'm almost I, i'm down to just about three or four figures in the retro line i'll have a whole set of those still got a couple handfuls to go on the yeah Hasbro matt sent us uh, he sent us a little t-shirt so i want to say thank you matt carlos for the for the t-shirt and the button and the cards and all his like, trading said, card he has his, yeah, own, he trading has his card. own trading card i feel like i feel like that oh, was wow. so cool yeah that, i know that was a first on all the wrestling figure purses i've made over the years that was the first time we'd ever had a uh personalized a trading card yeah, yeah from the person <laughs> who uh, got it so yeah thanks matt and then we saved the, the uh the main event for the end uh so so excited to have this viking hall toys on instagram he's mike kinney in the uh, facebook group folks he put together an elite in scale um it's got feathers and everything gobbledygooker and uh it was just incredible sheena you want to tell them about the uh the gooker figure what your thoughts were pulling out of the box oh yeah it just it looks insane like i mean i love i love the way that he did like the um the material i don't know what the material is that he made the feathers out of like it it's almost like, like a felt using yeah it's like felt it's yeah. like uh like it almost looked like an art project from like grade school you yeah know, but it really the brought the figure to life because you know the renderings that we saw uh, or the prototype i guess we should say that we saw you know years ago of the gobbledygooker it was all molded um and the feathers were all molded and everything which yeah. was super cool like i would be so stoked I to think, have that uh, figure but i think um with the with the felt, it really brought the figure to life and kind of gave it that like costumey yeah. type feel that so really looked say. like the real Gooker. Um, the Mattel one does it looked like a big turkey. Yeah, which it yeah. looked awesome, but yeah, it looked more. Like we knew it was like the Sheena Gooker, said. but yeah, it just didn't have that like you know um, mascot type feel to it. But yeah, ours is like you know it's got the it's got the felt and you know he painted it and everything and the head sculpt looks insane. Um, and like the, the sculpted sculpt. the sculpted feet, like I just love. I'm so 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 happy. Like I feel like even if Mattel never comes out with this, um, the Gooker, that I can die happy. I'm happy for it. I can't believe of all the weeks that you got rid of your obnoxious turkey soundboard effect that we don't have. For this week. <laughs> no, it's like, it's gone because the turkey sound effect was a joke. This was just awesome. Yeah, uh, I see. I, sh- I should have had a fight forever on here, but I don't know how well that was <laughs> in context. It'd be kind of hard to translate for a uh, custom figure. But yeah, Viking Hall Toys. Check him out on Instagram. The dude has um, some awesome photography. He's got basically a fully recreated ECW arena in figure form. It looks amazing. And he's really got some really, really good custom. So hit him up if uh, there's a custom that you've had on your wish list because he nailed the gooker and it just feels like a missing piece we had in our collection that that we definitely need to get made. So. Yeah, I can't wait to like every November. I'm going to like bust this thing out because I used to have this uh, this Jack's uh, classic superstar, Bret Hart, that I would like take around everywhere. And it was like my little adventures with Bret and I would like take pictures of him everywhere. In November, I'm going to have the gooker everywhere and like take all the pictures with him in the month of November. So... I'm already looking forward to that. Yeah. Thanks again, Viking Hall Toys. All right, it's time for Quarantine and Chill, where we offer up a, uh, a recommendation for some outside-the-ring uh, entertainment that you could check out. 
Um, Sheena's going to uh, kind of carry this segment this week, but I did want to offer a quick plug for the latest in the Conrad Thompson series of podcasts. It's going to be debuting this weekend, the Kurt Angle Show. So, uh, you know, Kurt's got a crazy story um, from his time winning uh, an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck to having probably the best rookie year in WWE history. Um, he had some serious issues with substance abuse, kicked out of that, and came back to have a uh, one final triumphant run with WWE. So I'm sure he has some amazing stories. And obviously, pretty much anything Conrad does is always very, very entertaining. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and I will turn it over to Sheena for our Quarantine and Chill segment this week. Yeah, so for my Quarantine and Chill, um, it's it's timely because this week we definitely lost a, um, a legend in, in entertainment. Um, I think all of us, you know, 80s, 90s babies, we, we all know Screech. Uh, Dustin Diamond passed away on, on the first of the month. Um, he had a really quick battle with uh, cancer, found out he had lung cancer, and then three weeks later he was gone. So it was really kind of just like very unexpected and um tragic. I mean, he was 44 years old. So, um, super sad. And, you know, Screech never, he, Dustin Diamond was kind of plagued by that. Like he was so good as Screech that nobody, he was typecast as Screech, almost like the Al Bundy, you know, other than modern family, you know, Al Bundy was like, you know, he would go out for other roles and things like that. And, um, you know, everybody would just say, Oh, you're just too Al Bundy. And like the same thing kind of happened to Screech, you know? So he kind of had a, you know, he had some tr- a troubled past and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, all things that he's he's admitted that, you know, he regrets and whatnot. And so I just wanted to pay a little bit of homage to to Screech because Saved by the Bell was an entertainment pillar in my formative years. And I watched it on syndication starting in like 93, you know, and I was like a latchkey kid. So I would like every day after school, I would get off the bus and come in and make a bowl of cereal or some pizza rolls and sit down, do my homework with the kids of Bayside. So um, I've spoken very openly about my lifelong like love and crush of Zach Morris. Uh, but if we're all being honest, Screech was really the true star of the show. He was like the moral compass. You know, Zach, it's funny because Zach has a new podcast called Zach to the Future. And they really kind of break down like what, you know, what kind of a dirtbag Zach Morris was. Not really. You know, I mean, we, we can still all remember him fondly. But like in 2021, looking back, Zach Morris has kind of like a... Uh, <laughs> A sketchy, a he's sketchy. Problematic. He's problematic. That's a good way to put it. He's problematic. Oh, yeah. Um, really a gambling addict. Well, like it's crazy how many episodes revolved around some sort of bet or wager that yeah, he had going. Yeah. So if you don't listen to the Zach to the Future podcast, it is an amazing uh, podcast. It's a rewatch podcast where they go back and watch all the episodes of uh, Saved by the Bell. And Zach Morris has you know claimed that he's never or Mark Paul Gosselaar's claim that he's never watched Saved by the Bell. So they go back and rehash all the episodes. Um, But getting back to Screech, you know, he was really the moral compass of the group. And, you know, he always stayed true to who he was. He loved everyone without judgment. He treated people kindly. Um, And even, even those who didn't deserve it, Zach didn't deserve Screech's love most of the, most of the time. You know what I mean? Um, Because he was kind of a jerk to to Screech. Uh, But Screech was really the the glue that held the group together. And, you know, he brought fun and whimsy to a group of kids that, you know, would have taken themselves too seriously without him. So I just want to leave you guys with, uh, you know, in a world where everyone is trying to be a Zach, be a Screech. Um, And so my quarantine and chill recommendation is to go back Watch yourself a few episodes of Saved by the Bell. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu. I think you can get it on Sling as well. Um, if you're like me, I still have all the DVD sets of uh, Saved by wow. the Bell. We talked about physical media, about me keeping my office DVDs. 
the Saved by the Bell DVDs are some that I've never been able to get rid of. So I still have all of those. Um, and there's just some, you know, really, really funny episodes. I love the episode where Screech's, you know, parents leave him and the the boys the house the weekend and they do the Barbara Ann, you know, and they're all like dancing around in their shirts and they break the Elvis statue. Do you remember that? And they tried to replace oh, yeah. replace the Elvis statue. Do you have any any um, Saved by the Bell memories, Marco? Oh, man, you got you to go back to when, uh, when, when Lisa broke her leg. Oh yeah, and, uh, they do the sprain. That's dancing yeah, to the they do the sprain. They, yeah, yeah <laughs> Screech was there to to help her out, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, you're definitely right about that. And um, if I'm going to add my own, since I'm going to piggyback off of the of the Save by the Bell, and if you want to hear more about how horrible Zach Morris is, there is actually a series called Zach Morris is Trash. Have you it's guys the, heard of this? That's the guy who that's the guy who hosts. Um, yeah, Dashel. Dashel, he hosts the um, Zach yeah. to the Future podcast. Yeah. yeah, and you could get you get to see like they basically run through the episodes and show you how horrible of a human being <laughs> yeah. Zach Morris is, which is yeah. it's pretty entertaining. It's uh, it's it's basically like the if you ever seen uh, the the karate. I'm not uh, I'm not sure if he did this one, but there's uh, a Karate Kid one as well about how Daniel oh, Russo nice. is the is the bad person and Johnny is the good guy. Wow. And it's really, uh, it's really telling. He actually has some really good points on there. So yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same guy, but yeah, definitely look at that up as well. But Zach Morris's trash is one of the funniest things ever. It is hilarious. All right. So RIP screech. We're big fans here and everybody, uh, if you get a chance this weekend, you know, um, kick back and, Watch them say by the bell. Uh, one last thing for quarantine chill before we move on. Let's get everybody Super Bowl picks. You know who you got? Bucks or Chiefs? Um, <sighs> man, it's it's really hard to go against Tom Brady, but I'm going. Uh, I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going against Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, it's been <laughs> too going. hard to go against it was Tom Brady. Too hard. Yeah, it wasn't uh, hard. You just like yeah, I want to go. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really hard to go against Tom Brady. Uh, man, going to win. Okay, Marco, what are you thinking? Man, this is this is tough, but um. I don't want to bet against Tom Brady, but uh, in the world of young versus old, yeah, I think you have to go with the Chiefs. I think you have to go with young Patty. Yeah, Patty Mahomes. Just, I think that's called ageism. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's in football years, we'll go. We're gonna go in football years. Tom in football Brady. years. Pat Mahomes, I think, has the upper hand when it comes to. To the Super Bowl, so I think uh, I think it might be the Maybe. Chiefs. I don't, I don't think I don't think Tom Brady's actually human. I think we're all gonna. I think in, you know in years. He's an now, android. Yeah, he's an android. Something's gonna. They're gonna <laughs> unveil to us that he was. Yeah, he was definitely. Oh, I think he's definitely on PDs. There's no doubt about it. Nobody's yeah. ever. He's actually. He's somehow a better athlete now than he was when he came in the league twenty yeah. years ago. And uh, nobody's ever done. I mean, look at Brett Favre. His last couple of years, he was completely broke down and. I'll say at his peak, Brett Favre was a way better athlete than Tom Brady ever was. So no, him and uh, him and Kawhi Leonard, they're definitely androids. I don't think yeah. they're real people. I, I think, think they're he's robots. On, uh, I think he's on some super high end PED that just you know it's not untraceable. Yeah, it's untraceable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I already told you guys how it's going to end. Remember, you it's guys heard it here diet. first. Chiefs are down by four, five seconds to go. Pat Mahomes at the line of scrimmage. He's going to run it again. He, no, he's going to turn around and look at Tom Brady on the sideline and say, oh, "I'm sorry." <laughs> I love you. Yeah. And then throw the game winning touchdown pass to uh, Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a wrap. Uh, all right. So let's hit, uh, let's finish up some of our uh, listener mail from last week. All right. This comes in from our buddy, Foley fan member Kevin Harrison. He says, if you 
could sign any five wrestlers slash their estate to a Legends contract um, so we could get an elite of them, who are you picking? So I'll start with you, Sam. Five So I'll, we'll, we'll do five collectively. So okay. you, can do, you can do two and then Marco, you know, we'll go back and forth. So this is five wrestlers, five Legends that have not a figure. Yeah, you can sign. No, you know, it doesn't matter what their problematic histories with WWE. Like, if you could just get any five legends. I'm thinking. I'm probably gonna go deep because the thing is, I got, I got an awesome Owen Hart custom that I'm happy with. I got an awesome Giant Gonzalez custom that I'm happy with. So if I didn't have those customs, it would be Giant Gonzalez and Owen Hart. Um, Marco, you got anybody? Yeah. I don't know. This is that's a good question. Yeah, that's 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 a. Well, because he's just, he's literally opened up Pandora's box. So you can like pick anybody, anybody you know what I mean? Like anybody. it's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what, what's going on with them in WWE. Or, I'm going deep. I'd probably go like Max Moon. I know that's like a crazy yeah, choice. Yeah, Max, Max Moon's one. Uh, he was so toyetic. Yeah. So I think Max Moon's one of my picks. I'd probably say uh, maybe like miss, the Missing Link, maybe. Yeah. Missing Link would be cool. Missing Link would be pretty cool to have. Yeah. Uh, if I could get him back on, I think I'd go uh, the Powers of Pain. Let me get the Warlord and the Barbarian in figure form. Yeah, or um, this is like a this is probably like a deep, not really a deep cut, but Bastion Booger. Why? Why haven't we yeah. had a Bastion Booger? Really? I actually saw a Bastion Booger custom this week. It was, it was okay. <laughs> okay. You know who else I want? It's he's already had one elite, but not. We need another one. Get Crush back under contract so we can get Kona Crush in the purple and yellow. Oh yeah, and then That'd you get the one. Japanese, the evil Japanese Crush in the uh, the purple. So yeah, you go all day for me. Like I said, I'm uh, I'm I'm making this choice selfishly because I already have some customs of the guys that I really really have to have in my collection. Um, so I'd I'd probably just go for some of those obscure uh, mid carters and stuff from from the new generation and golden era that. Uh, that we just that would make for awesome figures more so than big stars. Do yeah. we not have a Mr. Fuji elite? No, like, Mr. That's, that's another that's good a... pick. There's some managers that are missing. Yeah, well, for the classic managers, we got Bobby Heenan and we got uh, Jimmy Harvey. We need Mr. Fuji. Uh, we need Slick. Slick. Yeah, um, maybe a Harvey Sherry Wimpleman. Martell. We got Sherry. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we got yeah. Sherry. Well, we need Whippleman. we need like a yeah Harvey Wimpleman. Um, yeah, so Captain Lou Albano, that's another oh, one. Oh, Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, I probably came out of my top five. His LJN was so awesome. He's just such a toy edit character. So, yeah, great question. Who, who asked Kevin, that one? Kevin Harrison. Oh, yeah. That's right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, great question, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, so this one comes in from our buddy Johnny JB. He says he wants to know about our collection. So he says, do you have multiple figures of one wrestler? Or do you buy one version of that wrestler? For example, I have different <laughs> series of Macho Man and Stone Cold, but only one of Shawn Michaels. No, I have uh, I have multiples of like damn near everybody in my collection. But yeah, you've like, trimmed down a lot. I have trimmed down yes, a lot. You... So like guys like Triple H, who I'm not a huge fan of, like I don't have. I basically have one of Triple H in every era of his career. I have like you know Grin- I have the Network Spotlight from when he was the Greenwich Snob. I have um, from when he was before DX really started, but when he had China with him, I got that. I got DX, Triple H. I got his first run as a main eventer. And then I got like later Triple H. But what um, we'll do too is we'll take, um, we have a definitive like base figure of whatever whatever figure we want from that you know era. And then we will take the accessories from other, yeah. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? From other figures and just keep those and then like actually get rid of the, the yeah. base figure. Like I need, you know, they've had a Triple H from like every WrestleMania from the last five, but I get, I could take like the Terminator style gear and all that stuff and everything and just combine it. I, I have basically I have like one ball Triple H. Um, same thing with Roman, you know, you don't need, 
you can mix and match a lot of the Roman vests and stuff um, yeah. and, and create one Roman. So, What about you, Marco? Um, yeah, the only the only one I really have multiples of. I mean, I have mul- not as many multiples of uh, other wrestlers, but Ultimate Warrior is probably the only one I have really multiples yeah. of. Pretty much like every every aspect of his career almost, except for uh, the new, like the Royal Rumble one and the one that's coming out from our ringside. But um, yeah, yeah well, uh, Junk- Warrior, that's the only one that I don't have in my collection. Yeah, that uh, Junkyard Dog, I have multiples of as well. I have uh, both Jacks. Um, the red and white pants, um, his LJN and the elite as well. The only one I don't have is like the, Oh, and the, um, the retro, I have a uh, junkyard dog as well. So yeah, not, not many that I have like multiples of. All right. So this one is from Tony Barker. This one says, if you could only play one video game console, say you're stuck on a desert Island. What would it be for me? Uh, I'm taking my Xbox Series X just because it has WWE 2K19 on there. And if I'm only playing, <laughs> if I'm only playing one game, yeah, it's going to be WWE 2K19 for for life. Man, that's that's rough. Um, see, I like I like the PS5. Yeah, like, do you go? Do you go more? Do you go with like the most modern technology, or do you go with like nostalgia feel? Ooh, you know what yeah, I mean? See, that's like, the other thing too. Like you, you might because, have to go. Yeah, I'm taking the Series X because if I have all the things to play Xbox, like surely I have the stuff to stream. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, taking N64, you're not gonna be able to stream. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, think he, um, I think he's framing it as strictly playing. So to me, I was torn between. So my two, the two games that bring me the most joy right now. Is again WWE 2K19, so a wrestling video game that's three years old, and then NCAA Football 2004 on my PlayStation oh, and two. That's literally what I was doing right before we started our pod. I started a, a dynasty on there with Buffalo because they were the worst, they were the lowest ranked team on there, and I'm into year three, and I just I'm having a ton of fun building them up. So that'd be my two picks. It'd be between PS2 and Xbox Series X. So what about you, Marco? Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Either the, I was gonna say PS2 definitely because uh, so many so many classics and so many hits. Yeah. Tremendous library. Yeah, it was like yeah. probably like is that like the most like sold console ever? Or yeah, is that, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's PS2. It was definitely yeah. the most successful ever. I think it's to me. I think is if I'm going like straight up as just as a video game fan, not speaking me personally, best system ever. It's there's two systems that you could argue: it's PlayStation Two and the Super Nintendo. I think it's those two in the mix for, as far as just the overall like library of games that came out on those systems. Yeah. I wouldn't argue with that. Cause yeah, I was a rock. I was like a rock star, like nut when uh PS2 came out. So like I played midnight, Mid- uh, what was it called? Midnight club. Yep. Um, all, the, you know, all the grand theft auto games, all the, the grand theft autos, um, manhunt. If you ever heard of that game, which is, which is, uh, yep, it was like the manhunt. first ever, like a rated game. Yep. Um, Max Payne, Max Payne, Max Payne two. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Rockstar I was a huge, no wrong man. Yeah, I was a I was a huge uh, rock star fan back then. What, uh, what about Bully? Remember Bully? Oh, Bully was awesome too, as yeah, well. Yeah, that was fun. You had to play dodgeball, oh, yes. and slingshot yes. kids, no, and all that stuff. Yeah, it was pretty that. fun. Like Grand Theft Auto, but in junior high. Yes. Yeah, no, they, the Vice City is probably like my favorite out of all the Grand Theft Auto games because just like the the soundtrack alone with the yeah, all the eighties vibe, man. Yeah, it was it, it was great. Yeah, no, definitely PS. I'd probably pick PS two. If I was a uh, just because of the of the amount of the library that it has, um, yeah, definitely that. Awesome. All right, one more, Shane. Oh, I don't know. I have two good questions. Okay, here. we'll do two more. Then. Okay, well, they're both from Zach Hertzler. All right. So, <laughs> all right. so Zach Hertzler says, if you could own any ring, any ring worn gear, what outfit oh. would it be and why? I would go with. I think I'd probably go with 
Owen Hart singlet from WrestleMania 10 when he beat Bret Hart. Mm. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go with Bret's look from Royal Rumble 93, the all pink everything. Yeah. You know, that like, was an iconic look, but I feel like the match was like super Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it didn't even say it had to be from the best match ever. It, yeah, I'm like, just, it just, I was just giving you my, yeah, I, I agree. That's probably one of Bret's best gears ever, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, that's I just I love it's one. like my it's one my favorite figure of Brett. Um, I love the the stars, the paint splatter. I just love that, that everything about that look. So just strictly because the aesthetics and the way that I like that, you know, gear. That's why I would pick that. What about you, Marco? Man, I've like I've like tons of choice. I've like three choices I would go with for me personally. Obviously, WrestleMania six, um, Ultimate Warrior, awesome uh, first yeah. ever dual champion for the WWF yep. at the time. Um, also, I'd probably go with uh, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30, because I was in attendance when it happened. Um, nice. When he won both belts, uh, when he defeated Evolution in one night. Um, and then the last one would probably be probably uh, WrestleMania 35, probably Kofi Kofi's gear for winning the the uh, the championship, uh, the WWE nice. championship. Basically, what it represented at the at, well now anyway. Um, him being the first African-born uh, champion that WWE's ever had, um, as well as my f- first appearance on the Chick Foley show. So I know. And his other sentimental value. So that that probably be my uh, most prized one anyway. Awesome. All right. And our next question from Zach, um, our last question of the day is going to be, what is your favorite wrestling theme song? Ooh. Is this we're going all time favorite wrestling theme song? All time, wow. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go all time. I might just go current favorite because Jive Soul, bro. No, I'm joking. <laughs> all time favorite wrestling theme wow. song. Um, I think I'm going to go. I, I got two, and it's funny because they're both kind of tied together. With this, you could argue, you could make the case they're both the same guy. I'm going Real American by Hulk Hogan, and the NWO theme song. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, both good choices. Yeah. Solid. Oh, wow. What about you, Marco? I don't know. I might, I might, you might have to go before me. Okay. You might have to answer this. It's a tough question. It is a tough question. Obviously, I mean, I have a very, very sentimental place in my heart, and I love Bret Hart's music. But if I'm just going to pick, like, one that just freaking knocks, I'm going to go with Champa's uh, theme song. I've probably really? for the all time not all time. Fa- he didn't say all time oh, favorite. He just said current. favorite wrestling oh, okay. theme song. Oh, he didn't favorite. say like. Okay. Yeah, my favorite. Uh, yeah, it's not my all time. My favorite right now is probably Undisputed Era. Oh, I love Undisputed Era's music. Yeah, yeah we're going all time. Yeah, to me, oh. it's. It wasn't like the, I, I didn't take this question as like the end all mm. be all, but maybe it was. Maybe I love, I'm, maybe uh, I'm simplifying it. I love Brett's music just because I love Brett. But I, I also like if I'm being totally honest, I feel like Brett's music's like the kind of thing that plays on direct tv on like sunday yes. ticket when After the game's over, over but it's still yeah. just like yes. running the direct tv logo it's like it's like generic yeah. rock theme number three i think his his original theme music when it was him and jim the anvil nightheart and like for his like their start of his solo run like i think i think maybe 94 is when he switched to more like the electric guitar version i actually think that one was like kind of more distinct and more memorable than what it was once he switched to like with the like the guitar squeal at the start of it yeah, I think uh, now that makes it easier since it's not all time. My f- my favorite current is probably Asuka. I love the be- I love her 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 entrance music with the oh the yeah, Asuka's good. Yeah, Io Shirai has yeah. sick music too, dude. I oh, love great I too. love her new her new music. So yeah, yeah. Cool. There's there's so many good wrestling 
theme songs. It's it's insane. So yeah, I I, I like right now currently my favorite the one I probably like you know bob my head to the most is is Champa, but yeah, yeah it, all times hard. It rocks. Mm-hmm. Plus Johnny Gargano's old theme too. It's the theme song of the show. I know. Yeah. yeah, it is a good one. All right. So thanks everybody for the questions. This is a great batch. Um, she will always uh, keep hitting you guys up when we need some new ones. Um, she remind everybody where they can find you guys at on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Find Marco over on Twitter at Chick Foley Show. Join our Foley fam. So much fun. We have a great group of people over there. Um, ChickFoleyShow.com. Yep. Uh, and again, thank you guys. Uh, Fully Posable for coming on the show. We'll be yes. on their show in a couple of weeks. We'll make sure to uh, uh, let you guys know when that's going down. Again, check your show notes, okay? We have links to all of our sponsors in the show notes. And then uh, we're going to throw a link to the Fully Posable podcast for those of you guys that have not yet discovered them. Uh, same way we close every week. Marco, you got any closing words for the listeners? Um, nothing really. I don't know. <laughs> nothing. I love, I love that Marco every maybe that could be our, Maybe that could be our next t-shirt. We'll just throw like the classic chick. Yeah, I get nothing. The, be- on the chest and then just in quotations. Uh, nothing really. <laughs> nothing really. Uh, actually, you know what? Bet on the Chiefs. That's my. Those are my closing. Okay, so let's bet on bet on the Chiefs. All right, Marco's saying to put the money on the Chiefs. I'm saying R.I.P. Screech. All right, thanks everybody that uh, for listening. We'll be back with episode 115 next week.